1: on the calling all cars, attention, all cars, broadcast 163, go to 40th Place in Figueroa and that's a bank robbery, that's all, it the times in these broadcasts that Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline is by long odds the favorite motor fuel of the law enforcement and public protection agencies of our local government. But have you ever stopped to think what this really means? Well, so here are the figures for 1936. 3,724,318 gallons of Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline were used in police cars, fire engines, ambulances and other emergency equipment. At 15 miles to the gallon, this tremendous quantity would drive your car more than 55 million miles around the world, 2,327 times. If you started now and drove 50 miles an hour, 24 hours a day for 127 and a half years, in other words, until the 4th of July in the year 2064, you would still have 19,000 miles to go. Don't you feel at the judgment of the men who show such an overwhelming preference for Rio Grande Gasmini is to be respected. Isolated cases might be challenged. But there must be an advantage for you in following the lead of so many. Olsen, Berkeley, Fresno, Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, San Diego, Phoenix, Tucson, Orange County, San Diego County, Maricopa County, and others. This list you will observe in search two of the three largest cities in California and the largest county in Arizona, the law enforcement offices of which protect the lives and property of one third of the people in Arizona. Each of the governmental agencies in this impressive list has specified Rio Grande crack gathering exclusively month after month. Why don't you see that this year? Hundreds of thousands of other motorists have found it very much to their advantage in to your Rio Grande Independent Viewer. Once again, we present Chief James Lee Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. Tonight, I am not going to follow my usual custom talking about the crime to follow on calling all cars. Instead, I should like to say a few words about a situation that has become a crisis here in Los Angeles, the problem of traffic fatalities. As 1937 ushered itself in to the accompaniment of joyful celebration, it left an old year behind it that had rolled up the staggering traffic death figure of 1,040 persons. In 12 short months, 1,040 people just like you and me lost their lives on the highway three quarters of them because of the carelessness on someone's part a new year has started and already the dead has started piling up that is why I say it is a crisis a crisis that cannot be allowed to go on unchecked. so tonight, think it over and then drive accordingly if you as citizens will help by driving carefully and thoughtfully perhaps when 1937 rolls into 1938, you will have been instrumental in letting some person alive today live another year. Who knows? That person might be you. Los Angeles,
2: April
1: 15, 1929. two thirty o'clock. Behind the iron grill marked cellar in the citizens' national bank at Fourth Place in Figueroa, a young man glances at the wall clock, then back to the figure of a woman approaching his window.
0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I wonder if you would give me a favor and leave this telegram for me. Telegram?
1: Oh, yes, that's exactly. Sir. So. Oh, but this is a telegram.
0: No, you didn't leave it, read
1: it still.
0: It's it to staff. I know what it says.
1: Oh, but there isn't five thousand dollars in here.
0: Look little man. You know what's good for you? Cover these bills across into this bag and make it fast and quiet. All right. I, I will. You are. This is all I've got. All right. Now listen. You ought to not know about being covered by three bins. If you make a crock telling anyone about this, the twenty minutes after I walk out of here it will be the last thing you ever say. Understand? Yes, sir. I understand. And don't forget it. Say it.
1: Uncertain as to just what to do, the young fellow stands in the state for five long minutes. The woman's warning words ringing in his ears: don't tell anyone for 20 minutes or else. Then, by a supreme effort, he takes off the fear that binds him and hurries to the chief fellow's office where he tells his story. And when he has finished, a stony silence is his only answer. Then... Do you expect me to believe that? Expect me to believe it? But of course, it's what happened. A woman walked in and asked you for all the money, and you just handed it over and then stood there for five minutes before telling anybody. Well, she told me I'd be killed if I moved for 20 minutes. I didn't want that to happen. Oh, no, of course not. And you didn't want anybody to find out about it until your confederate had plenty of time to get away, did you? What are you talking just about? Just that. You thought you could get away with this little scheme. You thought everybody would believe your story about a hold-up. Well, it won't work. But it's what happened. I don't believe one word of it. And I don't think the manager will either. However, we'll just go up to his office and see. Come along, Mr. Brown. And strangely enough, the manager of the bank refuses to believe the story either. With the result, the young fellow, after an hour of futile explaining, was discharged. The police, however, after questioning him, failed to find any good reason to arrest him, and the incident gradually blows over. Five months go by, during which the now bitter teller buys a small ranch, settles down to a rural life as a country farmer. Then on the morning of September 4th, 1929, into the office of Los Angeles burglary detail walks a middle-aged, well-dressed man. Obviously embarrassed, he inquires for the person in charge. It's directed to Lieutenant Eddie Fitwood's Good morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, mm-hmm. Are you the uh, gentleman in charge here? Not the moment, yes. What can I do for you? <laughs> well, uh, there's a matter come up. Well, that is to say, uh, a matter that I uh, don't think really means anything. Mm-hmm. I see. You see, it's a thing that, uh, as that a matter of fact, I'd, I'd never bother you about if it weren't for my wife the fits that I support Well, uh, go right ahead. What's it all about? I'm not taking up your time. Oh, no, no, not at all. Go right ahead. <laughs> well, you see, we, uh, that is my wife and I, have a young lady living at our house. She's a very nice young lady. Very nice. And uh, I wouldn't want anything to sound as though I were the of her action, but... Uh, 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 Say, so look here. If it'll help and whatever you want to tell me will be kept in the strictest confidence. Will that make it easier? Uh, uh, yes, yes, it will. Uh, thank you. you. You see, this young lady is separated from her husband, and, and she and her baby are sort of living at our house because we felt sorry for her. My wife is a very sympathetic person. You know how that is. Oh, you yes, of course. Yes, well, the thing that caused all this was this, this girl's husband. He, he's something of a loafer, works as at at an expert at the studios occasionally, but never makes any money. But uh, he's been coming over to see her every once in a while, and, and last night he had a lot of money with him. Uh, I mean, really, a large amount. Well, naturally my wife thought it kind of strange, and as a matter of fact, so did I. But it isn't our business, and well, I resolved where nothing had gone. But you uh, changed your mind? Yes. Well, that is my wife's thing upon me. She feels that you uh, should know about it, and he said that if I wouldn't come down, he would. So I came down. did yeah. so, this man say hey, where well, he got all this money? Oh no, no. Naturally he didn't ask him. But I noticed that it was mostly all in $20 bills. That seems rather odd. isn't it? Mm, all 20 then? Eh? Yes, yes, yes,
2: yes.
1: Well, uh, if you leave your name and address and phone number with me, I'll look into it and let you know. Now, uh, what's this girl's husband's name? Uh, Martin. Uh, Jim is his first name, I think. Mm, Jim, uh, yeah, Jane Martin. And you say he works for an expert, occasionally. Oh eh? Yes, yes. He's a friend of his. Mm, all right. I'll look into it and let you know. And thanks a lot for coming in. Oh, that, that's quite all right, I...
2: Um, well, uh,
1: today, Lieutenant Fitzwood, although not expecting to find anything, browses through several recent police bullets, Finds two on men wanted for bank robbery. Glances casually through the data on them. Suddenly, he notices one line that bears a significant statement. Red?
2: Oh, yes.
1: Come here, minute, William. What's on your mind? Hey, listen to this. The bills stolen in this robbery consisted mostly of $20 bills. So? I've got a brainstorm. You saw that fellow I was talking to a while back, middle-aged fellow? Yes. yes. And he came in to tell me that a young man whose ex-wife lives at his house flashed a roll of 20s last night. A young man that never has a dime to his name, oh, Mr. figure He might know something about this bank job. I figure we might do well to have a talk with him. Okay, when do we start?
2: Well, I think
1: now I'll be as good a time as any. We'll take this bulletin with us and see how the description checks. Come
2: on.
1: At the address given to him by his earlier visitor, Chipswood and Long find him and his wife at home. From them, the two detectives get a good description of Martin, also of his friends who work at the studio, also a phone number where Martin lives. A check from the number reveals the address to be that of a residence on Hollywood Boulevard. Accordingly, Pitwood and Long drive that in hopes of finding the suddenly rich young man at home. That must be the place that's that on the weather lot. Martin doesn't live alone in the bar in time. Probably has a room. Let's in pull in the lot and look the place over. Yeah, okay. Hit suggested to that run the place. Maybe he knows Martin by sight. Mm, maybe I'll ask him.
2: Mm-hmm. Something I can do for you? Uh,
1: We're looking for a fellow that lives around here someplace. I so thought maybe you might know him. Eh? He used to live in that big house over there. Well, I might know him at that. Four or five young fellows live there. Most of them worked for two years, I think. What is his name? Uh, uh Jones. Joe Jones. Joe Jones? Uh, yeah. Well, I can't say that I know anyone by that name. Some sort of dark here. Good looking young fellow? Well, there's a couple of them that have dark hair. Good looking enough, too, for that matter, but. Uh, well, uh, that uh, doesn't sound familiar. Thank you. Well, thanks, anyway. Well, that's all right. You might go over and ask at the house yourself. I guess you could find out fast enough. now. Well, sure, that'd be the thing to do, all right. Come along with Let's drive around. We could walk over. Yeah, well, I think you'd better drive over. Okay, if you want to drive over, we will. Only well, you must be getting lazy. Sure, mm-hmm. I'm lazy, all right. Let me let go. Like you are, we drive. <laughs> right and I going straight ahead. But I thought we were going to find out I know, the house, but we're not. i got to hunt that our friend Martin might get wiser with that and pull out on him. So we drive to your house and get your wife to call his number and ask for him, you see? And then they give him some story to get him away from there and pick him up. What's the story? I don't know yet. You drive and I'll pick it up on the way. <laughs>
0: Me. Don't tell me that you and Eddie are paying me a social call. Oh,
1: hello, dear. Eddie and I have a favor you can do for us. A telephone call. Yeah, here's the number, Eddie. Well,
0: I'll do it, of course. What's it all about?
1: Well, we're trying kind to of flesh a bird out into the open, Mrs. Long, and thought maybe you'd call this number and ask for Jim Martin, who would help us.
0: What do I do in he answers?
1: Uh, you tell him that you're Mrs. Adams and that uh, Polly is very sick.
0: Mrs. Adams? Polly is sick.
1: That's right. And tell him if he wants him to come over to the house right away and uh, make it sound urgent. Who's house? Well, Mrs. Adams. Uh, that's where Polly is.
0: Yeah, I could ask who Polly is, but I'll try not to. Now let me see if I've got this straight. I'm Mrs. Adams, and Polly is very sick and wants Jim to come over to the house right away. Right? I'm
1: perfect. Are so good?
0: Oh, of course I'll do it. But you better come along with me while I phone. Just to prompt me if I'm there. All
1: right, I'll stand right beside you. But the main thing is make Jim go over to Polly. Calling the number, Mrs. Long contacts the man who says he is Jim Martin. Given the message, he sounds at first skeptical, but finally says it will be over in 15 minutes. Accordingly, Fitzwood and Long lose no time driving to the Adams house, where they park their car and make plans. Long agrees to watch them across the street while Fitzwood takes a position next to the house from where he can see, but is hidden from sight himself. Ten minutes passed. Fifteen minutes and no sign of the wanted man. Then suddenly a car pulls up across the street. A tall, dark-haired man steps out, starts across in a straight path for the house, waiting until he's certain sitwood watches. The man crosses the lawn, almost reaches the porch steps, then making no noise, he walks up behind him, takes his arm. Hello, uh, Jim. Huh? Say, hey, what the devil is this? Well, where are you headed for, it, Jim? I, uh, I, I was just looking for an address. And my name's not Jim. Uh, not Jim. Jim Martin? Oh, I never heard of him. Uh, what is your name?
2: It's,
1: uh, Smith, Bill Smith. Bill Smith, eh? <laughs> certainly an original name. Bill Smith? Well, that's my name. Okay, Bill. Let you and I take a ride down to the station. I want the boys to get a look at the eighth wonder of the world the original Bill Smith. Tries to talk to his suspect first. Driving to an isolated section of Hollywood, Long parts the car under a huge tree, turns off the motor. Hey, what's the idea of stopping here? I uh, just have a desire to see what you've got on you before we go any further, that's okay? all. Get out of the car. Hey, now, wait a minute. You've got my no right. I said to get out of the car. All right. You don't have to get the tough about it. Uh, I don't intend to, unless you make me... Take off your toes and hand it to me. What's the big idea anyway? All right, all right. Thank you. Take a thorough look through him, Ed. Well, I'll lift your coat over. Right. Put your hands over your head, Smith. Don't miss anything, Ed. <laughs> I have a hunch our friend might have a few things of interest on him. Ah, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know what you're looking for, but you won't find anything on me. Oh, no? What's this, then?
2: Uh,
1: I, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> That's funny. Can you imagine a fellow carrying a rule of $20 bills around with him and not knowing it, Ed? Oh, got a nice new stamp on the package, too. Bank of America, huh? Eh? Where did that come from, you mean, right now? Or when you stole it from the bank? What do you mean, stole it? Now, listen, Mr. Bill, for your information, we've got the finger right on you for that bank job. Now, what I want to know is, do you want to take the rap alone, or do you want to tell us who your pals are? I didn't have anything to do with any bank job. Oh, yes, that means you want the whole rap yourself, huh? You can't prove anything on me. Oh, that's what you say. I know different. Come on, Ed. Let's take this lad who'll shoot you home. Maybe a few hours early, says. But Martin, although practically as little convicted on the strength of the evidence found on him, refuses to talk anymore. And later, still denying everything, he's placed in jail. From his wallet, the name Bert Hall is taken on a card with a phone number written below it. Acting on a hunch, this might be another of the gang, sit with him long, set the address, then drive out to a place in the lower Hollywood Hills. When we arrive there, sudden doubt the me. Look, something's wrong here. This is a respectable, high-class neighborhood. Look at the houses. Yeah. This place is much too elegant for a crook to hang out. So look over there. A little girl coming out of the house. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, we got the wrong place. Let's go back and check the address again. Okay, it's simple. This is the wrong place. But back at the station, another check proves the address to be the same as the phone number, and Sid Wood and Long decide the high-class neighborhood or no high-class neighborhood, they are going to investigate. So once again, they drive to the house. And this time, they walk to the door, ring the bell. Oh, uh, I'm to ask for Bertie. If anything happens, I'll be ready to creep in with me. Yes?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, hello, uh, Bertie? No. Well, we're friends of yours.
2: Oh,
1: working at the studio?
0: Well, yes. You say your friends are here? Yes, well,
1: that's right. Aren't we, Ed? Yes. No, no. Do you think you'll be back soon?
0: No, not too late. Probably be 12 or 12. Minutes. Oh, that late, eh? No, I'm so sorry. Well, do you
1: still get any of the money left in the bank pickup?
0: Well, so what are you trying to pull? Well, no, you don't. Get your foot out of the door. No, no. Tell us, do We're coming in. Can't
1: break into my house like this. Oh, all right, lady. All right, now just take it easy. Might as well, because we're all going to sit right here and wait for Bert to come home.
0: So... You're a cop, so aren't you? That's right. Why are you barking up the wrong tree? You know
1: what you're under arrest for. Sure.
0: No, of course not. Well, that's
1: two counts against you. First, that foot you made when I asked you about the money, and now this. Listen, <laughs> General, why don't you relax and tell us all about it? I
0: don't have the faintest idea what you're talking about. As far as I'm concerned, you can sit here till the cows come home. Sorry,
1: we're not interested in cows. All we want right now is your friend, Bert. The cows will have to wait. Convinced that they're in the right place, Chipwood and Long settle down to await the missing first arrival. Several hours go by and no sign of him. At a quarter to twelve, Long decides to go outside and keep his eye out in case the man might arrive and get wise. Chipwood and the woman sit inside, staring at one another. Suddenly, she grabs her jaw, a look of agony on her face. Oh. Mm, what's the matter? Oh, my
0: teeth. God bless just Every once
1: in a while. the Oh. Mm, anything I can do to make it feel
0: better? No, no.
1: Oh, if I could go into my room and lie on the bed, I, I could put a cold compress
0: on
1: That's not the pain. Oh, I'd lie down here on this
0: couch.
1: No, I'll lie on my own bed.
0: It's more comfortable. You can come in there with me. I not see what's wrong with you right here on the
1: couch. I want to lie on my own bed. Mm. Okay, then. All right. Uh, sorry. It's right in here. But wait a minute. Yeah. I don't like the idea. You don't want to get in there too badly.
0: I think I'll call my partner and see what you're up to. Oh, it's nothing. i only that my teeth
1: hurt. it. But I'm not making any fast moves when I open this door. Oh, Ed? Give me a minute, Pat. Watch out. Not this year. Come on in. Keep a close eye on this woman while I look into that bedroom. Nothing tells me all is not as it should be. Okay, go ahead. I'll watch it. Anything he starts, you he take care of her and I'll do the rest, right? There's no one in here. Let's see what's so interesting about this bed. Oh. Well, so this is the answer, eh? These nasty-looking guns. Well, yeah, they're loaded, too. Eh? Well, two more. What's the idea of the arsenal, ladies. Yeah, don't you don't feel like talking, eh? Well, I can tell you in eh? You thought I'd call for that cheaper gag and walk in here with you, eh? Then all you had to do was reach under the covers and grab one of these guns and blast me to pieces. That's that right? Yeah, sure. Uh,
2: you
1: still don't feel like talking. Oh, I don't blame you. see well, if there's anything else under here,
2: well,
1: well, now, isn't this a nice little nest here? What have you found yes. out? A roll of 20s big enough to choke a horse. Well, it's just about six or it? Mm-hmm. I don't say so. All we've got to do now is just sit tight and wait for Bert. And won't he be surprised when he gets there? <laughs> but as morning comes, there is still no sign of Bert, and the two detectives decide to take the woman to headquarters alone. All the way in, they take turns trying to get her to talk all the way in, she refuses to admit any knowledge of anything. At last, as they pull up in front of the Hall of Justice, Sipwood plays a trump card. Well, here he is. Uh, all right,
2: whatever.
1: Last chance to talk.
0: I haven't anything to
1: talk about. Oh, well, sure, funny. Martin had plenty to say. Martin? Why, oh, sure, we've had him here since yesterday. 15 minutes, the woman continues her tirade, but when it's all over, she shows Sid with and Long where the rest of the stolen banknotes are buried behind the house. The only thing she won't tell is where Bert is. But Sitwood and Long, after taking her behind bars, face marching with her accusations. And as a result, all right, if that's the way she's going to play, then I'll play the same way. Why, she's the head of the whole outfit. She's the one that pulled the actual stick up, and she's the one that planned them out. And that husband of hers, Bert, was right with her all the time. They're the ones that engineered everything. I only helped. You don't like to get hold of him? Well, uh, I know he works at the World Picture Studio. If he's not there now, doesn't get it. Well, that's fine, Martin. In fact, it's better than that. It's perfect. Come on, Ed. We're going to haunt
2: the studio. <laughs> Rushing
1: out for the World Picture's lot, Sidwood and Long look up the casting director, who proves to be an old friend of Sidwood, and explain their mission. At first, the director refuses to believe that a bank robber could be working for him. But finally, he checks the list of bit players and finds the name Bert Hall. Ready... With a private phone missing, up. Under Bitwoods instructs he calls a number, informs the man who answers to have Hall come to the studio for retakes at once. Then they settle down to wait. And for once their wait is the short one. And an hour after the call, a well-built dark man walks in, places his elbows on the counter, and leans through the little window marked passing, inquires at Sir Hall with call for retakes. Silently, Fitzwood edges up behind him, reaches around his arms and snaps a pair of handcuffs on his wrist. Hey, what is it? Some sort of a gag? Mm, not that you'd noticed, sir. Are you surprised? Mm, well, naturally. What's it all about? Oh, mm. well, you don't look very surprised. In fact, you look as though you've been sort of expecting something like this. Well, I haven't. I don't know what you're trying to pull, but it's no good. All choice. right, sir. Let's stop stalling around. We've got your wife. Huh? We've got your friend Martin, and they both talk and talk plenty. Now, what do you say about that? What would you say? And if I were you, I don't know. I'll say this, though, you're certainly pretty much of a hero. What do you mean, to You're letting your wife hold up those banks all by herself. I well, ought to be ashamed of yourself. Perfect, flatfoot. I didn't let her do those jobs alone. I was right there with a gun all the time. I don't believe it. Yeah, well, I can prove it. I was there on every job, and I was right in the bank when she pulled her out. Now, what do you think of that? And I think you've just picked yourself up for good sake. What do you mean? I thought if I hurt your ego a little, you'd talk. I never saw a punk like you. that wouldn't start boasting, giving a chance. But this time, you've boasted your way right smack in the San Come on, let's join the party. A few days later, a somewhat chagrined Keith Keller once again faces his ex-employee, prepares to make a man. Good to see you again. Thank you, sir. You uh, know, of course, why I uh, sent for you, sir. Yes, sir. No, I, I guess so, oh, sir. Naturally, no, when I saw by the papers that the police had found the, uh, the criminals who lost the bank, I realized that perhaps he have been a little hasty. Thank you, sir. A little hasty. But uh, I have good news for you. I want to offer you your old job back. Well, <laughs> thank you, sir. But <laughs> you
2: see, I'm want it? You uh,
1: don't want it. No, sir. You see, if I hadn't been fired, I might never have known what a farm was like. But, well, I was fired, and now, well, sir, I don't ever want to leave my farm. I don't want to work in a bank again as long as I live. Thousands of motorists who listened to these Calling All Cars broadcasts during 1936 rich to Rio Grande to gasoline in the hope that they too would be able to feel the thrill of police car performance. They were not disappointed for independent Rio Grande dealers offer to the public exactly the same Rio Grande to gasoline that powers more police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment wherever it is sold than any other brand. Thousands more will switch to Rio Grande to gasoline during 1937. Will you be one of them? Why not? Don't be satisfied with sluggish, slow-burning, sputtering gasoline. Rio Grande cracked Gasoline costs you no more. And Rio Grande Clash Gasoline is broken up, cracked into tiny atoms that burn more readily and more completely. This is why you get quicker starting, faster pickup, greater power. Your independent Rio Grande dealer also offers you the best motor oils you can buy. No wax, no petroleum jelly. No impurities in Sinclair, Pennsylvania, and Sinclair opening motor So free flowing and heat resisting, you can use the same grade summer and winter. Finfair eyes for safety. And have you seen the latest copy of Calling All Cars News? You your independent Rio Grande will be glad to give you a copy free. Brighter and easier this year than ever before. Exclusive screen star news, thrilling detective stories, many photographs and illustrated pieces. Get your copy. Tomorrow. Officer police, calling all cars, attention all cars. The camp lakes have broadcast 163 regarding the bank holdup. Inspector's tools are now in test That's all.